on? Okay. All right. Good morning, church. Uh, it's good to see you all this morning. And I trust I'll see you till a few Sundays before the year ends. Uh, it's good to be in God's house. Amen. Amen. Our scripture reading is taken from Second Timothy, chapter 3, and verses 10 to 17. To open that. Paul's epistle to young Timothy, the second epistle. Verse 10. Okay, everyone got it? Fine. Yes? Okay. All right. You read with, I mean, go over it. As I read, let's follow. Second Timothy chapter 3 and verses 10 to 17 reads, But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, persecutions, afflict, uh, afflictions, which came unto me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra, what persecutions I endured, but out of them all, I like this, the Lord delivered me. Verse 12, yea, for yes. And all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall, or shall suffer persecution. Verse 13, but evil men and seducers shall works worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. 14, but continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and thou hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. And verse 15, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise, wise unto salvation, through faith, or through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Verse 16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable, it's good, for doctrine, for reproof, for corrections, for instructions in righteousness. Why? That the man of God may be perfect, or matured, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. The reading from God's word. Well, good morning, everyone. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. And I'm really, really thrilled to stand before you all today. And I just want to thank Pastor Matt and the church for your support throughout this year. Thank you very much. Without, without delaying, if you have Bible, please turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 10 to 17. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 10 to 17. My theme for today is the Word of God is all we need. The Word of God is all we need. You can say, I need my big house so that I can go and, you know, 
have good place to sleep. You can say, I, I will go and have good education and, you know, extend my knowledge. But the basic foundation for all of us here is God's word. We need God's word. Timothy, Paul wrote this letter to Timothy when he was in prison in Rome, and he wrote this letter to him, and in the first, first nine chapters of these verses are the characters of this world that he mentioned to him. He said, the lovers of their own soul, the covetous, those are lovers of money, boasters, proud, uh, blasphemers, and disobedience to parents, Unthankfulness, those who are ungrateful, um, unholy, without natural affection, true breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fuses, despisers of those that are good, traitors, hady, hair-minded, lovers of pleasures more than God. Those are character of this world that Paul said to Timothy, you have to watch out because those churches are the, where you are right now, plenty or Yaman line or Listaplong or Bakamlong, Yaman immune, now by bringing more this last something coming to our church. So the question is, how do I live a godly life in this sinful world? How do I live a life, a godly life in this sinful world? You might say, Brother Braxton, this world is so evil, and I can walk close to God. Every time when I walk close to God, I was pulled back. I pull back from God. I pull back. This world pulls me back. My children disobeyed me. My friends hate me because I go to church or because I stand before and I tell people about the gospel, and they still hate me. And this is just really hard for me to go close to God. There are pickpockets everywhere, and it's not safe for me to go out there. You know, the place that I live right now is full of drunk people, and I just can't leave. Every time they disturb me, they play music, and it's just really hard for me to leave. So how do I live a godly life? Well, I, f I see the first one according to the passage in Second uh, Timothy chapter 3 is in verse 10 to 11. Follow the footstep of those who have gone before. Follow the footstep of those who have gone before. In verse 10 and verse 11, it says, But thou, you, Timothy, has fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, persecution, afflictions, which came unto me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra, what persecution I endure, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. The phrase there, Paul used the phrase, but thou hast fully known me. It means that to observe closely, to follow to imitate, or to examine in depth. So here, in other words, Timothy has a personal knowledge of Paul's example. He knows Paul. He studied him closely and has accompanied him in this past. And now in verse 10, in verse, verse, verse 10 and verse 11, contrast the previous verses, previous nine verses, 
who had a form of godliness. They pretend to be godliness. They, they look like they're godly, but inward, they are not godly. And Timothy knew Paul's character, how he had suffered for true godliness. Timothy know Paul's through him, his doctrine, his teaching. Paul didn't muck around. He didn't muck around when he taught. He was always consistent in his, in his teaching and pointing people to the gospel. He, does, he doesn't like him just go number number and talking more. Okay, you see now life be awesome, awesome. No, God. He point them straight to the gospel. He said, gospel is the power of God unto salvation. He can transform life of the people. For example, in Acts chapter 16, Paul and Silas, you don't have to open there, but Paul and Silas made their second missionary journey. The journey begins with they find Timothy and they train him up in the gospel. And then God gave them a divine vision and he directed them to go to Macedonia. And on their way to Macedonia, they arrived in Philippi. And there they met a lady by the name of Lydia. She's a businesswoman. And when they met her, she was converted to Christian Christianity and placed her faith in Jesus Christ. Not only Lydia, but also her entire household. Acts chapter 14, verse, Acts chapter 16, verse 14. And a certain woman named Lydia, a seller of the purple of the city of the Tiatera, which worshiped God, heard us, whose heart the Lord opened that she attend unto the things which were spoken of Paul, which was spoken of Paul, his teaching according to the gospel. And she heard it, and she converted into Christianity. She believed, she put a trust in Jesus. And almost everywhere in Acts, if you read it, almost everywhere in Acts, Paul and Silas, when they travel, they found people and they taught them the gospel. And so here, Paul is telling Timothy, you have followed me, and you have known how I taught others through my teaching. And if you hear different teaching, don't you follow that, Timothy. Don't you follow that. Don't you listen to them. Stick to the true teaching from the word of God. Brothers and sisters, we should be aware of the false teachers. They will contradict. One of their signs is they will contradict the scriptures. That's how Satan works. They contradict the scriptures. They distort the gospel just enough so that it's, it's not literally the gospel. People will notice if the message is way off, but they won't notice as much if the message continues just enough through to appear as true while being false. They will also add to the scripture. False teachers add to the scripture, and you have to be aware of that. They will add, the false teachers add to the scripture so that they can control the behavior of others. Motive is often power. Other false teachers will remove from the scripture to live as they want and participate 
in otherwise prohibited behavior, the motive is often selfish. They all think about themselves. They don't think about others. They claim special knowledge on your behalf. They said, God told me that. God told me in my dream. It's possible that God can speak through others. That's yes. Yes. God can speak through others. But someone claiming that they received the word, they, they, they told from God, that is a lie. There is a red flag there. We should be aware of that. They said, the other sign is they make money the message more than Jesus. They make money more than Jesus. They'll preach. They teach. And they tell you to give more so that God will bless you. That's it. Matthew 7 M talk. Matthew 7 7 M talk. You ask him by Now God by giving me plantina, 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 planty. That's lie. That's rubbish. Do not listen to that kind of gospel. You have to listen to the word of God. And you you put him, you yet go and up. Papa God you can plant it lomina by giving you get no God. The only thing that God wants us is your heart. It doesn't need your money. Oh, brothers, we must recognize those kinds of teaching. Jesus answered the question in Sermon on the Mount about how we should recognize those false teachers, and he teaches how few take the narrow and a difficult road to discern the truth. Jesus then warned about why you should care about discerning the truth. He said in, he said in Matthew chapter 7, verse 15, listen to Jesus' word, Be aware of the false prophets, which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are raven wolves. Here Jesus is telling them, you have to be aware of those false teachers. I remember back in, back in Kotiranga, I don't know if Pastor may have mentioned that, but back in Kotiranga, when I was little, some, one of the guys, he came and he said, if you put 50 kina, or if you put 5 kina, then you're going to get more later on. And all of the people from, from from, from different places, only come, only give him money, blong, only walk about long way, or come, or by put him so that all back see money, lo biana. And brothers and sisters, we have to watch out about that. Not only only the people back at my home, but the internet, everything that we have, the technology. I might lie to you. Or the, there's a lot of preachers around the streets that they said, "Give me money, please." so that I can do more work. We have to be aware of that. And Paul said to him, you have fully known my life. You have fully known my doctrine. You have fully known my life, the manner of life. Paul doesn't say, Timothy, you do this, but his action is different. But Paul's action and his teaching goes together. The doctrine and the manner of life, my conduct, how I act, how I control myself. The literal translation, the translation of this is determination of the purpose in life. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17, Paul wrote to Timothy and he said to him, for this cause have I sent unto you, Timotheus, who is my beloved son, 
and faithful in the Lord, who shall bring you into remembrance of my ways, which is be in Christ, as I teach everywhere in church. I teach my ways and my teaching goes together. Oh, brothers, what is the manner of your life? Fathers, you teach your student, but how is, what is your manner of your life? How, 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 how you walk about, how you talk, talk, or these like, actions, blow you inside of family, blow you, and me, and me match him, this like, teaching, blow you along, student. You tell your, uh, not students, but your, your, uh, your kids. You tell them, don't drink, but you drink on the other side. You tell them, don't, don't gossip about others, but you gossip on the so- side. They're, they're watching you. Kids are watching you. Your doctrine, your teaching must match your manner of life. Said, faith. You know my faith. Paul walked by faith. He walked by faith. He built his faith, not the things around him, but he built his faith upon Jesus. And he said, Jesus is the only one that's going to save me. And everything that I do in this world, I'm going to put my faith in him, not anything. And through the faith that he placed in Jesus, and he got saved. Romans chapter 3 verse 22 is that even the righteous of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe, there is no difference. Romans 5 verse 1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 5 verse 9. Much more than being justified, not justified by his blood, we shall be saved wrought through him. Galatians 2 verse 16, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of law. The law is not going to justify you. It's, it's not going to help you. But by the faith of Jesus Christ, you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you're going to be f- saved. Even we have believed Jesus Christ, that we might be justified by faith of Christ, not by works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. Oh, brothers and sisters, I want to tell you that faith only. Your faith only. What is your faith? What is your faith? What, what kind of faith? You put your faith in what? Do you build your faith upon your, your, your intellectual, your knowledge? Do you build your faith upon whatever that you have in your family or your culture? Or what? We must build our faith on the Lord Jesus Christ. He is our solid foundation. He said to Paul, the long-suffering. The long-suffering here is patient. It's translated as ability to suffer for a long time. Paul has suffered many times, but he never gave up. He never gave up to follow Jesus. When he was in prison, he rejoiced. They beat him up. They dragged him out. He was dead. They thought he was dead, but he came back and he was preaching. He went through a lot, and he said, Timothy, I went through a lot. 
And so don't you go away. Don't you go away. I'm in a jail. He's actually in the jail right now, and he's writing the letter. This is his last letter. He's going to be dead very soon, and he's writing his last letter to Timothy. Timothy, I don't know how he felt at that moment. Let me sit down. Let me read him. Let me sit down. Let me close to now. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23 to 28. Paul wrote and he said, Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a, as a fool. I am more in labors, more burden, in strife, above mercy, in prison, more frequently, in death often. Are they really servants of Christ? Paul says here. Because Paul heard those false teachers have entered into the church where Timothy was. And he said, he was very angry, and he said, are they really the servant of Christ? Besieging the Corinthian church, and he said, I have more. I have more. In labor more burden, Paul said, I was three wise, in verse 25, three wise, I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. I will suffer shipwreck a night and a day. I have been in a deep. Verse 26, I journeyed often in perils of waters and in perils of robbers, in perils by mine own countrymen, in perils by the hidden, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, and in perils among false brethren. In weariness and painful, in watching often, in hunger and thirst, I fast often in cold and nakedness. Beside those things that are without, that which come upon me daily, the care of the Lord, care of the church. Paul is spitting out all the trials that he had faced. He's spitting out to Timothy, and he, was, he said, I was beaten three times with rod, one time with stones, three times on a sheep rag. He was robbed by the robbers. He was rejected by his own countrymen. He said, Timothy, I went through a lot. And don't you, don't you pull back from those. The trials and hurts that he experienced was something that the false teachers would never do. That's why he was very, very disappointed. The next thing that he said is down on my charity, the love. People don't always talk about Paul, about love. We always talk about John. We said John, he always talks about love. But Paul hammered that in um, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. He hammered that and he said, we should love. 1 Corinthians 13 verse 13, he said, and now by faith, hope, Charity, these three, but greatest of these is charity. Greatest of those, hope and faith is love. Why did Paul say love is greater than faith and hope? Why he said it? Because faith is the foundation and content of God's message. We put our faith on God's message, trusting that God is the only God, and hope is the attitude and the focus. We hope for the glory that is going to be revealed to us later. God cannot trust in hope. God cannot do that. Otherwise, he would not be God. 
For God is absolutely and need nothing. But the only thing that filled with God is love. Is love. God is love. And His love is, does not depend on anything or anything outside. But His love is not dependent on the trust. His love is not dependent on the hope. He is absolutely nothing. He doesn't need anything. Oh, brothers, we should show love to others. Paul, he was in prison, even though he faced persecution. He, he said, he just said the letter to the church, and he said, I pray for you all. I know that you all, you're all going through a lot. He doesn't think about himself, but he thinks about others. Jesus, with our Savior's word in John 13, verse 34, he said, a new commandment I gave unto you that ye love one another as I love you. That ye also love one another. Love is action. Love is not word. Paul, in verse 10, his teaching matches with his manner. His love matches his teaching. His love matches with the manner of his life. Hope. Love is an action, so that when, we, when, when faith and hope are in line, you are free to love completely because you understand how God loves you. The other one is patience. He said, you know my patience. Paul's perseverance on the great and long continued trials for his master. Persecutions and affliction. It says in Paul's facing his opening when he was, he was in Antioch and Iconium in Lystra. Paul goes to three places. The place, place that he went is in, uh, in Antioch, in Acts chapter 13, verse 14 to 15. He was there, and he was expelled from Antioch of Pisidia, and then he went, he leaves and went to the next place, that is Iconium. And from Iconium, in Acts chapter 14, verse 1 to 6, guess what happened there? They, they, they persecuted him again. And then he left Iconium, and he went, he went to Lystra. In Acts chapter 14, verse 7 to 19, you know what happened there? He was, he was preaching there, and those two, those two people from those two places, they follow, those people from those two places, they followed him there, and they beat him up to death while he was preaching. They stoned him, and they dragged him out, and they left him outside the, outside the temple, the city, and for some hours later, he was inside back, and they were surprised that he was inside and preaching again. Paul, you see, what a man. He doesn't care about the trials and, and the everything that he faced in his life. He went back again, and he preached. Now he's telling Timothy, you know my doctrine. I don't teach any other gospel. You know my manner of life. You know how I live. You know my fate. I don't build my fate on the things around me, but on the Lord Jesus. You know my long suffering. I have suffered for a very long time because of the gospel, but I never quit. You know my love. Even I'm in jail, persecuted. I don't complain, but I always rejoice. I always pray for you all. And Timothy, you know that. You have to follow me. 
you have to follow that. You have observed me closely, and I want you to do that when you live in this sinful world. Brothers and sisters, we should follow the footsteps of those who have gone before. Who have gone before us. We should follow them. Oh yes, we are, we're going we're gonna to face difficult times in this world. We're gonna live in a, we live in a society where people, people are really thinking about themselves. They think about others. And they, think, they do something that is very bad. And we just, you mean, hard long, stop long up. Follow the footsteps of those who have gone before. Because they have went through that. That leads me to my second point. Be willing to face persecution for the sake of Christ. Be willing to face persecution for the sake of Christ. I see that in verse 12 to verse 13. Ye and all that I will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecutions. But evil men and sadducees shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. I want to remind you today that those who live godly and follow Jesus Christ, you have to expect persecution. Persecution are going to come. Trials going to come. Those who follow, follow Christ must expect persecution. Don't we think that, oh, life is going to be easy because I follow Christ and everything is going to be falling apart and everything is going to be well. No. There is no guarantee that you're going to be good. You're going to face persecutions. It's going to come. Here we see Paul is giving warning to Timothy about the persecutions and the position that he is going to face in the world. He's telling you, Timothy, be ready to face persecutions for the sake of Christ. The word persecution, I, when, I, when I see the word persecution, I think of Muslims killing Christians for their, for their faith being murdered alive or being chased away because of their faith. Brothers and sisters, those kinds of persecutions we are not facing right now in PNG, not common in PNG. But can I tell you, we have persecutions, we have trials here. Persecutions like, you're not going to eat, we're not going to pay a school fee because you go to church. Persecution like you apply for a job and you 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 you, you or you apply for a college and you are accepted and you go there and you find out that the institution of that the, that institution of that or the, the regulation of that institution is ungodly. Your friend will hate you or make fun of you because you stood for God and you you said oh I'm gonna do right and they're gonna make fun of you. Those are persecutions. Those are trials. Your your pay will come down. The price of the goods will go rise. Those are persecution. How would you live in those kind of life? No one in your family will listen to you. They'll go against you. Parents and the kids are going to fight against themselves. Brothers and sisters, they're going to go against themselves. How would you leave those kind of persecutions or trials? Oh, brothers and sisters, we will be persecuted. We are told this over and over and over by the Lord Jesus Christ and those apostles and those saints. John verse 15, verse 20, it says here, Remember the word that I say unto you, this is Jesus, the servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, Jesus, they will also persecute you. 
if they have kept my saying, they will keep yours also. This is Lord Jesus himself saying, if they have persecuted me, they will also persecute me. There is no guarantee in life when you follow Jesus that everything will be fine and you will, you, will, you will be living in a healthy place or healthy environment. No. When you follow Jesus, you face persecutions. In 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12 to 13, Peter said, Beloved, think is not strange concerning the theory of trials which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened. Do not be surprised when the persecution comes to you. But rejoice in so much as ye are partaker of Christ's suffering, that when, when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. Here, we see Peter is saying that, do not be surprised when persecution comes. Paul is saying to Timothy, do not be surprised when persecution comes. But remember, the suffering of the present time are not worthy to be compared to the later the kingdom that will reveal to us or your family might hate you or you in Christ or the government are going to be corrupted or the price of food will rise or your children will disobey you your brothers who are in church may turn away from their faith and mock you Peter's word he said do not be surprised Paul's word says do not be surprised when you face persecution but rejoice because there is coming a glorious day so the Christian we must willing to face persecution for the sake of Christ if Paul had gone through that, if Timothy have gone through that, if all the saints and all the apostles and all the, all the believers have gone through that, brothers and sisters, you should expect persecution and trials. Let me remind you and I, God's reason for persecution is to draw us closer to God. We should not only expect to be persecuted, but should willing to suffer persecution. That leads me to my second point. How do I live a godly life in this sinful world? My second point is continue in the things that you have learned. Continue in the things that you have learned. I see that in verse 14 and verse 15. But thou, in the things which thou hast learned, and has been a sword of, you have learned and you came to believe, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through the faith which is in Christ. I believe this is the main idea that Paul's want Timothy to have. That is the main idea of this passage. He wants Timothy, the primary objective of this section, he wants Timothy to continue. Continue. Paul is like, I've heard about you. I heard all, all about those trials. Men are the lovers of themselves. Children are disobedience of their parents. I heard all of that, all about that. And I want you, Timothy, to be continue. Continue and look back on the things which you have learned and firmly believe from which have which have taught and him from the Holy Scripture and gave him the wisdom for salvation through faith in Christ. Who have taught him? Who have taught, who have taught Timothy? Well, we all know that his grandma Lois and his mother Eunice have taught him. These are two women who Paul 
their entire life is this young man life. Timothy's education came from his grandma Lois and his mother Eunice. Paul brought Timothy back to this woman in his life and said to him, in verse 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5, When I call to remembrance the unfailing faith that is in thee, which dwell first in thy grandma Lois, and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. How did the faith get to Timothy? His mother and his grandmother. The way that they live the life of faith before him that helps him to learn, that helps him to come to know Christ. From all that I know, Timothy's father was a great, he's a Greek man. And, and furthermore, Timothy was in a circumcised in Acts chapter 16, verse 3, which is probably a reference to his father lake of his faith. And if Timothy had a believer, he would not have probably followed the customs of the Jewish people. So I want to encourage you all. You see the passage here that Paul bringing back Timothy and he said, Timothy, you've seen your grandma and your mother. They have tried their best. They, they raised you. They admonished you in the word and they, they, they made you to who you are right now. So don't forget about that. When you face all those trials and all those those, all those bad things in your life, you don't have to fall away from the faith. A single parents or mom, be encouraged. Should be encouraged. Parents, be exhorted. You play a crucial role in training of your child, children. Train them now to love God. Teach them to pray. Take them to church. Parents, be the example. Be the example of your children. You don't know how that's going to impact their life. You don't know. Be the example of your children. Paul, when Paul wrote it to Timothy, he said, he didn't teach only, but he lived the life that is example to Timothy. He said, if you want your children to change, teach them from the Holy Scripture. Be an example to them. That leads to my last point. I see in verse 16 to verse 17. Obey the word of God. That is the foundation of everything. Obey the word of God. Why? Why you and I should obey the word of God? Why? Why? All scriptures is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that a man of God may be perfect, totally furnished unto all good work. Paul says here, all scriptures is the inspiration of God. In Greek word, or in Greek meaning, it means that the bread of God. It is the bread of God. The teopnotus literally means God breaths that you and I hold in our hands right now. It is the bread of God. It is God. In every word that you read about God, 
I, I, I'm telling you, I love reading all different kind of books. I love reading Practical Shepherding by the Brian Craft, which I went through with Pastor Matt. I love reading um, uh, The Trials and Trained by the Richard Hunwell. I love, I love reading John MacArthur. I love reading John Piper. But I'm telling you, those people are just the people that wrote that book. But the one that you have right now here, it is the very bread of God, the heart of God. Oh, brothers and sisters, with his word, he spoke and heaven came to exist. He spoke and light came to exist. He spoke and everything that you and I see, the word that spoke and everything came to exist. My brothers and my sisters, Bible is not a collection of the stories of fables or myths or merely human ideas about God. It is God. It is every word of God. With the same word, he created everything. And if you need, if you, if you want your children to change, teach them the word. Let them the word. Just like uh, Timothy's grammar and, and his, his mother, they just give their life to this, this young man in the word. You want change in your life with the Word of God. God's Word is going to transform your life, brothers and sisters. For God's Word, I'm not ashamed of the Gospel because it is the power of God unto salvation. It is the power of God, brothers and sisters. It's going to transform your life. Just follow Him. It says here, it says here, it is profitable for doctrine. It is useful for teaching. Teaching you in the Bible. For reproof, help us to stop and show us that we are wrong. When you go in the path, God's word brings you back. He teaches you. He, he reproves you. Help you and show you that is wrong. For correction, help us to be corrected. Instruct for righteousness. Point us on righteousness and train us for righteousness. And the result of that is that it produced good work. We all need the word of God. Parents, you need the word of God. Young people, you need the word of God. Every one of us, we need the word of God. So let the word of God speak to you. Don't leave the word of God on your table. Don't leave your word of God in your in your in your uh, in your in your billum. Don't leave the word of God everywhere. But you have to pick up the word and read it. If you want God to speak to you, read His word. He's gonna speak to you. Let Him speak to you in your life, and it's gonna transform your life. Those people who have bring the word of God, they have suffered for the word of God. And you and I here in PNG, we don't face persecution when you preach the word of God. Brothers and sisters, take the word of God and preach to the people. People in the community, they need the word. They need the word to hear. And they're going to they're gonna change if you, if you tell them about the gospel. It brings transformations. And it brings life. John 6, verse 33. It is the spirit that quickened the flesh, provided nothing. The word that I speak unto you, they are spirit. 
and they are right. As I finish, I want to encourage us to get our books back. Get, get, leave, leave all other books. Take the word of God. Because this is the very bread of God. It's not by any, it's not by anyone, but God. He gave it to us. You want him to speak to you? He's not going to call out from heaven. Or it's not going to call out from anyone, anywhere. But if you want him to speak to you, open his word. Young people, open his word. You're going to see he's going to speak to you. You're going to love it. It's going to, he's profitable for doctrine. He's going to reprove you. He's going to correct you. And he's going to instruct you. He's going to teach you to the righteousness. Heavenly Father in heaven, thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you that you have passed on this word. You have kept your word throughout centuries. Some have been persecuted for the word. Some have been split in the middle. They've chopped their necks. They boil them with the oil. But with that persecution, they never stepped down. Lord, they have, they have carried through. Lord, I pray that let us not take your word as granted, but let us use your word. Let us read your word. Help us to see that. Help us to say your word to other people that they need. Lord, I commit this time into your hand. In Jesus' name I pray.